welcome back to Tyler2040. This is the premiere episode for Season 2 of my campaign to become President of the United States. Season 1 was a journey to learn more about the public sector, which I think was generally a success. With Season 2, I will be capitalizing on the fact that I'm living in Paris, an international hub teeming with people from all over the world. Join me as I engage folks from outside of the United States of America on American Topics. In this episode, you will be meeting two of my dear friends, Dan and Clement. Dan is English, spent a great deal of his life in Ireland, and has been residing in Paris for the last two years. Clement is French, and from a rural town outside of Toulouse. We're going to talk about guns! Specifically, I'm asking for their perspective on the gun laws and gun culture in America. Now, Clement is going to start us off with a reading of the Second Amendment itself. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That is clearly a very vague, undefined statement of law. We don't really know what a well-regulated well militia is. We don't really know what infringement is. Um, which is a free state? Um, is it the 50 states, or at the time the 13? Or is it the... Federal. Right, the full, yeah. the the full union. Yeah. There's um, also what does it mean? Because from an English, pers English sentence perspective, it doesn't really make sense. It so, does not. <laughs> so I've, I've, attem I've attempted to kind of read it as like this, and tell me if you agree. It's like, given that, a well-regulated militia is necessary for the security of a free state. Therefore, what is it? People should have the right People to keep and, their, bear yeah, arms. keep and bear arms. Mm -hmm. it's, um, which is weird because then is a... My understanding was that this was about like state-level militias being able to um, you know, stand up to the tyranny of the federal government, mm -hmm. which does beg the question, like, is, is a, is a state-level militia even still a legal thing to exist? Like, can you organize? Can a state come and organize a militia? So they kind of do. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the National Guard is yeah. kind of set up at the state level. On each state has its own mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Is that seen as the natural continuation of this it is militia concept? Oh, okay, okay. That's that's one of the sticking points. There are a bunch of private militias in the mm -hmm. U.S. Um, where a group of people will get together, train, have an arsenal, okay. um, be you know, on that spectrum of well-regulated to not at all. Um, <laughs> there is an interesting part as well about the militia thing is that the document that was signed by the Congress uh, has a capital M on militia. Yep. And the version that the states, so the 13 states received, has uh, not a capital M on militia. Really? So on the things signed by the Congress, you would think that militia with a capital M means federal statewide because mm. it's like big right. when with a not a capital M you would think that it's like regulated per states mm -hmm. and that's also one of the uh, like an augment to the official standing army for the for the union yeah well unless if we read it as being uh, um, um, a militia to um, defend itself from the federal state and in that case sort of goes against right uh, all that right but... the bit so the, the argument that I see against 
that, that point, the, that the people are arming themselves to prevent the tyranny of the federal government mm -hmm. or the state government or their municipal government or whatever it may be. It's in, surely the intent. Um, it could be the intent. It's not. It, it's, it's not, not clear there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I sent you guys a little link about the Whiskey Rebellion, yeah, 1794-ish. Which um, was important because it was the first time the federal government actually tried to use its force to mm -hmm. quell some kind of uprising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're not as familiar with it, it was the... The federal government needed money because at that time they had the only way that they could get income was actually on tariffs, import tariffs. From state to state or into the union? Into the union. Got it. So from Yes. And also the Postal Service. I think the Postal Service was running at that point. And they could also, you know, they, they got money from stamps. So basically they didn't have much in the way of money mm -hmm. to to be able to arm the standing army and so on, pay people within government. So they introduced a liquor tax on all liquor. And at the time, the most popular thing was whiskey because obviously whiskey is delicious. Isn't it? Um, so in Pennsylvania, uh, a group of gentlemen got together, armed themselves and marched on a, you know, a state building and had a little armed protest about, you know, we're, we're going to overthrow this government if you keep taxing our whiskey because mm -hmm. we're thirsty. We want to get drunk. <laughs> that's so that's what they said. Thing, yeah. I think that's what they said. Yeah. yeah. That's the, uh, the accent back then. And this was a state building for their state rather than the federal government? Uh, I believe so. I don't think they got to Washington. Right. Um, did but, they get stopped before? Or? So what ended up happening was George Washington, first president of the United States, he rounded up 13,000 soldiers, federal soldiers, armed them up, got on his horse, led them into battle. Right. And the, the Whiskey Rebellion, as it was called, immediately dispersed. <laughs> because these, you know, these uh, mostly farmers... Yeah, probably couldn't stand up against the mm -hmm. regular army. Exactly. And they knew it. And so what's the significance of this in the Second Amendment context? Is, yeah. it, is it that is it that um, this based on the Constitution, that their right and the right to do this protest and their right to rise up should have been constitutionally protected and therefore the attempt to quell the rebellion was unconstitutional? Well, because it's one of the foundational moments in the country it's kind of what we have to look at for mm -hmm. because the whole the way american law works is everything's based on precedent yes if right. it happened before they reference it before and they try to make a similar decision unlike here in unlike here in france well, i think in france we're just dwelling on that is that because we've been doing that for Years and years and years and years. We just continue doing that. For years and years and years. Mm. We don't have. We we, we have a, a logic of uh, doing laws or things uh, in emergency uh, thinking. Is that mm. the, when there is something happening, we make a law about it. Which is we don't have a long term thinking about it because given that we got such a long history, it's still going to continue to be fine. And that's my point. That's true. A French person, of, uh, but uh, that is definitely something that we'll be getting into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, so be because this Whiskey Rebellion um, 
it is the government you know, flexing its muscles and saying, yeah, you can't go around uh, marching on government buildings armed and saying you're going to oh, so, attack things. So this might be a precedent that says, well, actually, despite what the Constitution says. Well, that the, well, the Second Amendment there, yeah. I would say, would not be applying to that militia yeah. being for tyranny, being for, you know, Standing up to the federal, government. To the federal yeah. government. Yes. So if not that, what is it for? Well, that's the question. <laughs> so one of the one of the bits that have been going around the internet a lot yeah. um, is about the early drafts of the Constitution, mm-hmm. particularly things like the Second Amendment, because mm-hmm. it went through many many iterations, just like everything else in the Constitution, and. One of the, I suppose it's just a theory because we can't ask James Madison, so what, <laughs> what did you mean, <laughs> um, is that one of the things they were trying to protect with this amendment as a compromise was the uh, slave catcher militias yeah. in the South. So whenever, well, what would happen in the South is um, there were, there was a well-regulated mandatory militia group, mm-hmm. and they'd, they'd grab uh, like a rotation of plantation owners, like state sanctioned. This was a real. This was an approved thing. Yeah, and yeah. across state lines. Okay, as well. Um, they would search for escaped slaves and bring them back I see. to their owner. And to do that, they because were because the slaves being like es- they're not es- part. They were never part of a free state. Right, but escaping them would maybe put uh, the the security of the state at threat was like it was a threat for the security of the state this is what they intended in... perhaps okay so it's yeah so if that's the context the specific context of course the conclusion would be that well we don't have slaves therefore the whole thing is invalid and be ignored well the the trouble here is that it's so vaguely worded right that it's all left up to interpretation right. and there have been a series of court cases over the last 200 years to try to flesh out what it means. And if I recall, there's a bit of a, I guess, a debate amongst American legal analysts about whether you should be reading the text as is versus mm-hmm. interpreting the, the, the context at the time and how yes. meanings have evolved and so on. Versus well, you know, just looking at what the basically words are. should we still follow a law that was written in seventeen ninety one? Essentially, I mean, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, we you have the, uh, the the people who are adhere to a strict constitutional definition. This is what was written down. This is what it means. And then there's the uh, more the Constitution is a living document, right? School of thought, and they're not necessarily split on the same like liberal conservative line. But it is more so living document on the liberal side, yeah. and strict interpretation on the conservative side. The the um, they, um, so what I read about it when I was looking for it is that mm-hmm. in two thousand and eight, especially there was a, a case between the District of Columbia uh, and Ella, so where the uh, Supreme Court of Justice said that the central point of this amendment was the self defense mm-hmm. of a person to bear an arm. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't that it was unconnected to militia, so they they split sort of the amendment, right. saying that the right of bearing an arm is totally unconnected to, to being part of a militia or not. It's like right. two splits to stuff. So oh, I don't know right. if you want to bring that up, but it gave more power to the. So did you catch what year that was? 
Yeah, uh, two thousand eight. Oh, that was the yeah, most recent. That was, one. Okay, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. pretty yeah. recent. So there, that one is what really turned the corner. Yeah, and empowered that shall not be infringed clause of the Second Amendment. Yeah, and that yeah. is when the, the momentum really went even further in favor of. It it was basically arms. shifting the the collective rights of all mm -hmm. the people as a militia defending a state for mm -hmm. the community right. to individuals being able to carry their weapons because they wanted. To. Right. But it still leaves so, open questions. So, oh, so, so even right. even if we assume it's it's suddenly we have individual rights, okay, maybe we can live with that. Yeah, no, um, but it's like it it says that it allows you to own was it keep and bear arms. Yes. So that's an interesting question. What does that mean? And and this mm -hmm. is like one area where, for example, the US might differ from other countries, because there's plenty of other countries where people are allowed to have guns and yeah. people do, mm -hmm. and even have quite active gun cultures. I mean, you look at Switzerland, and that's a big thing. They have their own NRA equivalent. Mm -hmm. um, and yet they don't seem to have this same mass shooting problem because, um, well, maybe not because, but one of the differences is you can't just walk around town with your gun unless, mm -hmm. I I except in certain approved circumstances, like if you're in the army, sure, okay. Um, but normal citizens without special approval can't mm -hmm. just walk around a city with their gun. Whereas in the US, I was, I was reading some, for whatever this is worth, a CNN article published in the last few days, which stated that gun ownership in the US is higher in urban areas than in rural areas. That's interesting. And you might think in rural areas, okay, maybe they're hunting or maybe they have a need Probably for some kind of... Probably more per person um, than necessarily per household. Perhaps. And that's actually another interesting point about how the US compares to other countries. Mm -hmm. But in, like in a city, in an urban environment, mm -hmm. the idea that you can just walk around... Carrying a gun. Carrying in a gun. In that very state to state. You can't do that everywhere. Right. But you can do it in a number of states. And so this is one of those areas where... That's also something that's really weird as a French person there, mm -hmm. is that states get their own laws. And so you got a constitution that gives you like a, a sort of frame where you can mm -hmm. move the laws within, and then you just decide whether or not oh, in this state you can uh, uh, carry a gun uh, in the city, and this says you can't. In this one, you have to have your bullet somewhere else, and in the state you have to have your uh, ammunition with you, and in the state as... So that's also, I, I don't have any stats about how mass shooting or something is happening, like based on the states, mm -hmm. but that could be interesting to, to look that up because maybe there is also part of the um, state uh, state laws, specific states. Possibly. Laws, yeah. Yeah. That said, I mean, maybe to be a bit of a devil's advocate to what I'd said a moment ago, um, if, if you're going to commit a mass shooting rather than like have some accident happen, um, but if, you, if your intent is to do that, then whether or not you're allowed to carry a gun in any given circumstance like probably makes difference. no difference. What's probably more important is, you know, how easy can you get the gun? What is the kind of culture about having guns and mass shootings? Because if you're in a culture where that doesn't exist, the chances of you thinking of doing a mass shooting as a way of releasing anger is unlikely to come up. Um, so, so we're saying that there are two things separately. One is mass shooting, like people can get mm -hmm. a gun and kill people. And the other one is people get killed with their guns by accident. Yeah. Because, I mean, to me, there are two separate things. Uh, it well, all goes down to how many guns there are and how many people have it and why they have it and how can they get one easily or not. There's but, also that third category of general violent crime with a firearm. Mm -hmm. True. True. So, yeah, so there, there, there are many, many 
sides of the of the how to engage that uh, conversation on on gun. Uh, mm-hmm. That's and I mean just the. It always go down to like individual stories, but uh, preparing that, I, I looked some stuff and I saw that uh, in 2012 or something like that, a woman was killed by a baby in a supermarket mm-hmm. because the baby brought a gun that she had in her handbag. Well, and I yeah. just yeah. got like, what's going on there? <laughs> like, how come a baby is able to get a gun in his mom's handbag mm-hmm. um, because she was carrying again in a handbag mm-hmm. in a city mm-hmm. so that all go down to uh maybe part of the culture what's going around that but right yeah we don't really want babies to be shooting people but no or that, their parents or the, <laughs> especially especially yeah well, it's not people. not good for the uh the american family no. um so that is kind of the the weird situation in the u.s with the fragmented nature of the the state laws and all of this, because some states you can do, you can openly carry weapons. Mm-hmm. I believe all states have some sort of license for concealed carry. It is, the, the standards are drastically different state to state. Some states have reciprocation with others, some do not. So if you go to one state with lax laws, but has more reciprocation with others, I think Florida is one of those states, you can get your concealed carry permit and then use it in a few other places as well. And then you can carry your weapon. That's just one... Hate it. <laughs> right, right. That's just one example of a thing that kind of is an artifact of our fractured state. Another big, big area to consider is Illinois, and mm-hmm. specifically the city of Chicago, introduced some very, very strict gun re- regulations because... Chicago is a place where a lot of people get shot, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So yeah, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And what they wanted to do was, there are a lot of guns here, a lot of people getting shot by them, let's have fewer guns in our city. The problem is, Chicago is very close to Indiana. So, people you can... People cutting to, uh, to it, get guns. Indiana has some of the most lax firearm sale right. regulations in the country. So, yes, people can drive over to Indiana purchase a weapon, bring it back, and because we don't have checkpoints at state at state borders, and we shouldn't. Yeah, well, <laughs> and so presumably instead of checkpoints, you have, like, shacks selling guns just on the uh, Indiana side of that border. Right. Just like the uh, border between uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland with mm-hmm. the firework sales mm-hmm. just across the north. Yes. Or France and Belgium with terrorists buying guns in Belgium and going <laughs> back to France. <laughs> For example. That was... <laughs> right. So that, that's sort of like what's going on in the States right now. Yeah. So how how do things look at in Verdun, UK, Ireland area, and Clement in France, Dan? So in Ireland, gun laws are fairly strict, but you can get guns if you want them. Um, you need to get a, a approval from the local guards, the police. You then have to, you buy your gun, you have to have an approved location in your house where it's kept in a locked box and a second approved location in your house where the ammunition would be kept and that's strictly limited how much you can own does someone have to like inspect your house yes they have to come and inspect your house they are allowed to do so whenever they want and there is i believe there's a sort of an expected schedule where you should expect them to come and want to inspect and yeah you can only carry your gun to specific events that like to a shooting range Mm -hmm. or to if you're going hunting to wherever you're going hunting 
Um, it's strict, but it means, you know, if you really want a gun for whatever one of these purposes is, which is specifically not self-defense, mm -hmm. um, you can get one. It's not like it's impossible, but it's, yeah, within those boundaries. It, I say this, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I've never owned a gun in Ireland, but this is, I, I know some people who used to go shooting in a shooting range, and so they explained to me how it works. Mm -hmm. Is gun ownership common? No, incredibly rare. I mean, yeah, farmers sometimes have shotguns, and you'll see them on their own land with their shotgun. Mm -hmm. But it's not something most people would do. Um, illicit guns exist, though, um, Ill illegally. Mm -hmm. Gangs in North Dublin are sort of infamous for having guns, and they're often brought in in shipments in containers of like other substances. There might be a gun hidden in there that customs finds them every now and then. Mm. Similarly, in Northern Ireland, guns are exist in the paramilitary groups on both the unionist and the republican side um but again these are not legally obtained so yeah i mean gun crime in general is not a problem um probably the biggest problem is either gang on gang violence which is often used as a justification for why it's uh not a problem as in ah. just killing each other which is technically true i guess they generally are but among the normal populace it wouldn't be something you'd ever need to be worried about okay and would you say, well, first of all, is law enforcement armed? No, okay. no, no, no. Um, in fact, they're, they're so unarmed that unlike in the UK, they wouldn't even have like a truncheon. What's a truncheon? It's like a stick. Okay. They literally are unarmed, like not with even something to hit people with. Mm. And this is a point of pride. Like they, they in fact, I don't want to say this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can stand by this. It may even be. Is it? Mm. I'm not sure. But um, the, the fact that the Guardi are an unarmed force is like a, a, a thing they're proud of. There is a, a tactical weapons unit. It has some name of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, and they have weapons. Like there are special like Garda cars that carry weapons and you can identify. They're pretty obvious. Mm. Um, so they exist for, for special circumstances where they need to wheel out their weapons vehicle. They can, okay. but it's not. Maybe some sort of analog for like the, a SWAT team in yeah, the US. Yeah. So that exists. Um, yeah, there is there is the Garda helicopter, which I think might be armed mm. um, or, or could have people armed in it. Mm -hmm. um, notably, there is one. <laughs> okay. The Garda helicopter. It's quite funny. You sometimes hear on the news, the Garda helicopter was out today. <laughs> well, it isn't a terribly large place, I suppose. I imagine that helicopter can traverse <laughs> the country. It probably can. Um, would you say... Uh, the the troubles happened like sixties to eighties or right before that even. Yeah. Uh, would you say that had an impact on the current state, or was it kind of the same straight I, through? I can't imagine it would be much different because I mean the 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 laws in Ireland and UK and a lot of the rest of Europe are pretty similar, mm. really, about gun ownership. Like there, there's no. There's no sort of culture among the populace, the wider populace, of having guns or being proud of having guns. Mm. And so if the government were to ever want to tighten gun laws, I guarantee most people wouldn't notice. It just isn't an issue. Like, people wouldn't. It would just happen, and no one would even be aware of it. The EU is actually trying to reduce that. Well, there was the so-called... some decree about that. More the, consistency? The, yeah, more okay. consistency within the country of the Union. Right, and, and, and it's among those who care the most, seemingly the Swiss, yeah. are, are referring to this as the... Yeah, but they are out of the EU, so... No, no, but it, it applies to them, uh, because yeah. um, they, they're referring to it as the, quote, EU gun ban, yeah. hashtag, <laughs> um, 
and it's going to the Swiss government is supposed to apply this um, rules as of I want to say this summer this year 2018 um, and because they're in the Schengen zone they've got free movement with the EU they have to abide by this rule yeah. and that will require some changes on their side which are sort of controversial and in their case you could have a little more sympathy than you might with the NRA for example because in their case they despite the relative prevalence of guns mm-hmm. and of gun culture, it's a thing, um, still doesn't seem to result in gun violence being a problem for society. And so it's like, well, why, why curtail liberty when there's no need to do so? Right, where's the value for that? Yeah, right, because generally, if, if, you, if you start with the philosophical position of, 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 well, people should generally be free unless there's some real need to restrict that liberty... You could make an argument that in this case, well, there isn't, in this country at least, a need There's to restrict need that to, liberty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, looking at France, what is the, what's the situation over here regarding guns? Because I don't have any idea. I, I have a look at, uh, well, at numbers because <laughs> I like that. Um, um, you've never been a gun owner? Uh, I've never been a gun owner. Um, your family? Yes, part of my family, but okay. mostly revolves around hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, um, so I've read on uh, some internet website that um, there's 32 percent of French people that have a gun. Mm, okay. So, but it's more than expected. Yeah, more than what I would have expected. But it's mostly for hunting. Okay. Uh, we have more than a million hunters uh, in the country. So uh, if you come, uh, if you come from a really rural area, you would. Um, you would be more likely to have seen a gun, actually, because um, most of my friends who lived in the city never saw a gun in their life, just mm. because, apart from the museum. Uh, <laughs> stuff. Uh, so they, they really... Um, so yeah, apart from if you're coming from a, like, a rural area, you, you would have seen hunting guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a really small amount of people uh, shooting for uh, sports. Mm-hmm. That's like really tiny amount. So overall, um, the, the gun and uh, shooting. Um, so th- there is categories in arms in France. Okay. Um, so these uh, these ones don't need any. There is no check in your house. You just have to um, give your um, license to hunt or your license to shoot when you get um, in a club or something okay. to get a, a weapon there. Um, there is no amount of this kind of arms that you're limited but the ammunition is limited ah, okay. uh, so it's uh, I don't know how much but there, there, there is a limited amount of ammunition um, and then if you want to get the superior level the category C it's called, so you've got A, B, C, D so D is the, the, the weapon for hunting okay. uh, if you want to get category C uh, which is a bit more complex uh, you, you, you have to get a lot of approval uh, and you have to uh, get it approved by the the prefecture, which is the okay. state local in the in, law the, in the regions. Yeah, local local representational state in regions. Mm. Um, and uh, the um, as opposed to for the hunting, you just have to declare that you have one. Right. So okay. You don't need any pre-approval. It's no, exactly. Like, it's just that I mean, the only pre-approval that you need to get is that you need to have your license, right. hunting license. Mm-hmm. That. It's sometimes a bit difficult to get, but I have so many friends right. in the South that have one. And that's so more like a, a long that. rifle or a shotgun? Yeah. yeah, it's a shotgun with one, uh, you, you can't, shot, yeah, single shot or double shot, maybe, because okay. you have two. And in the rifles, it's only three 
three rounds in the rifle at a time with yeah. non changeable non yeah, um, exactly. uh, magazines. They have yeah. to be like manual load each yeah, shot. Exactly. So they're, they're, and they're, they're pretty like small caliber. They're quite restricted. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they have to be relatively long. There's, exactly. there's, there's, a, there's a minimum length mm. um, so that it's not doesn't become a handgun. Mm-hmm. So that's the yeah, that's the point in France. So uh, out of the uh, out of the EU, uh, Switzerland apart, only Finland has more guns than France, which is okay. an interesting statistic as well because I'm putting up in Finland as a, a big gun owners country. But oh yeah, they 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 really they're really big about fighting off the Russians. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> well, there's two but things: there's the amount of people, there's that, that and there's also the annual moose hunt. So, oh, true. so they've got well. they've got a lot so of, a lot of they've got a lot of moose. They've mm. got a lot of um, they, they they need to kill a certain number of year to keep the population in check and yes. not have them run riot. And so there's a regulated hunt every year oh. where you can shoot a fixed number and no more. Mm. And so I believe quite a few people participate in that. Yeah, if you oh. get a moose, that's a lot. Of meat. <laughs> a lot of meat. Oh yeah, that's yeah. like yeah. that's yeah. like yeah. that could be good for the year. Um, But what's interesting in France is that since the revolution, 1789, mm. uh, the, the laws have changed very, very, very often. Uh, so before the revolution, it was like free to all. It was mostly like really small guns or swords, basically. Mm. But afterwards, it got uh, really, really strict after the, resolution, uh, the revolution during the empire. And then uh, it had moments of being really, really open about what kind of Um, weapon you could get and then really close and then really open and then really close so they, they, we, we never really had a consistency about uh, weapon ownership so and now it's uh, relatively close to what the EU is uh, is trying to impose on the, the I mean if I recall <laughs> the the EU's new model for gun restrictions is based on France I yeah those there yeah. those four oh. categories that France had yeah Um, are the ones that are going to be adopted EU-wide. Yeah. Um, so there, there was a decree in 2013 that's uh, trying to make that EU-wide, but as always, it takes time because uh, mm-hmm. all of the 28 countries... Yes. Everything takes yeah. time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you, you, so we have D, which is your... Yeah, D is... Actually, we got it the wrong way around. So D is actually like air rifles, like really, really low grade anyone can have them yeah. you don't need any oh, license okay. like a little C, gun. yeah okay. exactly c is then the the hunting rifles where you need to have a hunting license you need, to, you need to give notice b mm. is the restricted category right and a is weapons of war which include handguns and are completely okay. illegal under any circumstance okay and that's why i don't see law enforcement handing law enforcement walking around paris Holding oh, actually, no. The so 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 they are well, allowed. We're, we're, yeah, we're talking about non-military people. Yeah, oh, okay. the military is, is is a part in it. Never counted in statistics of military are not counted in people having guns. Okay. So the ones statistics. that you, you do see, yeah, you certainly can see military walking around with what are called weapons of war or category A. Okay. Uh, Famas rifles are especially common. Yeah. And you will see those in Paris. Everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And those are in that category, and okay. you would never be able to get one of those as an ordinary citizen. Yeah, you're right. C, C is, the, is the it's the, the hunting guns, and the B is war. And, oh, and B, B is B is rifle, but not like higher you. powered, restricted. Yeah. But if you really want one, and you want to do a, oh, it's really hard to get one. I mean, I looked at all the documents. Oh yeah, just, yeah. I mean, 
and just need, to get half of these documents it would take you and you need to uh, like have just because of every three months you've got to do some registration <laughs> yeah. of some kind yeah, yeah. and you need a psychiatric analysis every year yes. and like it's it's pretty yeah. severe yeah okay but regardless of that the most of the guns that has been used for uh, mass shooting in france are a terrorist attack, if you call that terrorist mm-hmm. attack. Yeah. Um, they weren't coming from France, most of them. They right. were like, uh, everything was coming from a black market anyway. No one was registered. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the amount of registration you get people to do. If people want to uh, get weapons, they can uh, from other sources. But that's right. sort of life, I guess. Yeah, it's hard to have that sort of argument without eventually coming to, so why do we even have laws? Yeah, right. And it's And it's a... It's this is an interesting place where it varies between here and the US. So mm-hmm. here, although it's true if you really want to get a gun, you can in the same way that if you really want to go kill someone or commit some crime or break into anywhere, if you're really determined, you, you can. can do it, right? You can. But it's just a question of like what's the barrier to entry? Like how hard is it actually to do it? Right? And, then and what here, are the consequences? Right. And and so when things are easy to do, it's more likely that it will happen. Um, it's kind of opportunistic, I suppose. But, um, you know, if I wanted to get a gun, like an actual like weapon of war here, I suspect I would have a hard time. Um, I'm not well connected to terrorist organizations, <laughs> um, which is true for the vast majority of people. Yeah. And therefore, so for the vast majority of people, it's actually kind of hard. Whereas if I wanted to get in the US what is considered a weapon of war, I just walk into a shop and buy one. Like it's so much easier, um, which raises another question which is then well, what do you do about it mm-hmm. here i don't think there's really a problem but would in- you say that what's going on here and with the um the french law kind of becoming closer to uh, the eu law as a in general regarding a gun regulation is that the ideal or do you see something maybe beyond that in either direction that would be better I would say the ideal, so start from first principles, the Mm. ideal is that we should allow people as much liberty as possible while still being, you know, safe Safe for for everyone else around them. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, you could start with this completely pro-gun utopia where everyone's responsible and work backwards. How far backwards do we need to go? Um, I think what we have right now is in, in here in Europe, in France, is fine as in as in as in it's not dangerous could it should it be more liberal um i don't think there's much call for it i don't think there's so much need for it why would you want to have a a war weapon in your closet apart from right right exactly i mean what what goes down to that road basically so then it's yeah okay so then there's a question of it's not so much just freedom it's it's okay well what's what's useful yeah um which is, I mean, it's not quite the same as the ideal of liberty for everybody. Um, which is why I'm kind of, I can kind of sympathize with the American position until you actually see what happens there. The problem that it causes. Right. And, and so, so then there's the question of, is, is that due to gun culture versus, like, if you know, if I want to get a weapon, I could get a gun here. And people can, and they don't tend to use them for violent crime. Um, well, the vast majority of American gun owners do not commit crimes. Yeah, true, but life expectancy in the U.S. is significantly lower than Western norms because there's so much gun crime. Like, that's the differentiating factor that makes U.S. life expectancy so low because you're so likely to get shot that that really affects the statistics. In a relative sense, yeah. Um, Yeah, relative to anywhere else, but it's still a big problem. The... the, um, the, the, um, 
out of the kids that were killed by firearm um, in the first world country, so country of the OECD, okay. uh, so, which is basically Europe, the US, Canada, um, Australia, a little bit, uh, Japan, China. Well, okay. out, out of all the kids that were killed by firearm, 91% are American. Mm. So I, I don't know the amount of, uh, but it's just so huge number mm-hmm. that it's clearly something that's going on. Yeah, there's something, uh, something in the U.S. On. is different. Yeah, yeah. But w- w- again, is it cultural? Is it the laws? Is it? I, I, I um. So you sent us a video about mm-hmm. um, uh, the, um, the governor of. Um, I remember this too many. I don't. I uh, also don't think he said which state he's from. But that's so okay. I, 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 um, I, I do see his point about saying that. It would be. It's really hard to just pinpoint one thing mm-hmm. that is responsible mm-hmm. for this. Um, well, called mass shooting. Called, right. There's no magic bullet. No, exactly. <laughs> so to <laughs> speak. Intended. Um, the uh, but the w- one of it is the law. So one of it is based on the constitution and the, the interpretation of it. One of it is culture and how okay people are about mm-hmm. seeing other people having guns and how okay it is for maybe people to say, oh, look at all the guns I have in my place, which is something that a French person will never do because uh, the, the only rifle that you can get are for hunting and no one's going to be like, oh, look at my hunting rifle because they're just a tool. Right. As much as you're never going to say, uh, look at my pin that I got because I, yeah. I, I let like, me show I you like, my I vacuum. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great vacuum. Uh, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly uh, one of the big difference that I see as a, as a, as a French person there. Is that I agree. Yeah. It's uh, you see Americans treating it like some kind of religious thing rather than this is a tool. What I yeah, use. Right. Uh, like so, a, instead of a tool, it's a toy. Yeah. Like, well, like it's a, more than that. No, it's, it's uh, more than that. It's yeah, like, look at what I get. A car, yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's look at what I get. So, But it's more than that. It's part of who they think, who they see themselves as being. It's part of their identity. You're not going to see many people in, in France that think their gun is part of their identity. Yeah. It's yeah. just a tool. So when we go down the road saying that guns don't kill people, but people kill people with guns, yes, but that would consider that you only consider guns as a tool, which is not the case of a lot of um, a lot of people that would consider guns not as a tool, but mm-hmm. as something to be proud of, pr- proud of, which is uh, a little bit concerning to me. Like it's a fully uh, different perspective on uh, on what the what it means to have a gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's not something that you can legislate out of society. Definitely not. But right. There's also the, the the other problem which we haven't brought up yet, which is that if you try to in the U.S. aside from the you know potential insurrection that might occur, um, you've still got a whole lot of guns out there to deal with. Right, there's, like, there's a great gonna be deal of supply. An enormous like legacy of supply that will you know it'll keep them going for another hundred years mm-hmm. probably, given that there are I think slightly more guns than there are people. Yeah. So um, they're not running short. So even if there were no new guns, it wouldn't really solve the problem. Yeah, I, I think the the numbers now are like there are a little over 400 million guns owned in the US and 320 million people. <laughs> Substantially more than there are people then, okay. Yeah. So it means that there is more than one gun per American. Like, yes. Like, that, like surely kids don't have one, so let's that's get that by 20% or... Mm, well, kids... I know a lot of kids that have guns. Right. Um, nine and <laughs> which is, which is even more scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is even more concerning. Too. So, for example, I have a coworker who 
uh, first started teaching his daughter how to shoot when she was eight, I think. Right. As you do. Now that was a, theirs is more of a, a hunting purpose. Right. Uh, they're in like rural Kansas. Okay. And they hunt a lot. That's what they do. Um, so he first started showing her how to shoot like a, a 22, which is a small rifle underpowered. Yeah. I've um, shot those. Hmm. It's something that a child can handle, but I'm sure they have since progressed up a little bit. <laughs> um, and that's that's the culture. And good deal of my friends when I was in um, elementary school and uh, junior high, high school, they typically had, well, not typically had firearms, but they had guns in the home that they used for hunting. Elementary generally. school? Yeah. That's pretty weird. Yeah, 8 to... <laughs> Eight to twelve isn't that strange to start with a a twenty two in a rural area for particularly yeah, for hunting it's, purposes. It's it's the same thing. I mean, in in France, that would be around twelve. They would start uh, because you can you can have a license when you're sixteen in France to, to hunt. Mm. Okay. So around twelve, thirteen, fourteen, the uh, kids one. are starting to yeah. uh, learn how to shoot with underpowered. I, uh, I, I actually okay okay maybe I shouldn't judge. I was thirteen when I shot one, so right. But eight? <laughs> okay. No, no. no, no. <laughs> so it so, but I'm not I'm not as concerned with that particular scenario because no, because it's hunting and that's... it's typically not always but typically it looks like a tool like it's it's shown as a tool this is how you do the thing yeah you need it in order to get your hunting license you need it in order to go hunt. go hunt hunt right. or, <laughs> basically or kill the damn coyotes you keep eating your chickens sure you know because mm-hmm. that's also a problem that he's had yeah um you, you shoot the raccoon before he eats your chicken you also don't see many people committing crime or doing mass shootings with a twenty-two no. rifle, right? <laughs> so, so the problem really revolves around people who take proud, take pride, sorry, in the uh, in the gun that they have that is way more powerful. So those the... people don't tend to commit the the crime. Okay. So um, if you look back as far as there are records for mass shootings, none of those people. None of those people who've committed a, a mass shooting. None of them have been NRA members. Okay. Um, and NRA members tend to be, uh, well, it's the National Rifle Association. So they are in some way supporting gun ownership on a larger scale. And uh, the original ideals of NRA are really built around gun safety. Yeah, well, they, they are organized. But yes, they're, they're organized. They're, 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 well, they're have a little bit of a bipolar organization that is on one way they do say that their members are um, really concerned about gun safety and that they are taught how to uh, own the gun and how to protect people from using the gun and all that mm-hmm. and on the other hand they're also um, pushing for more liberal uh, web uh, less weapon control mm-hmm. through congress or um, whatever assemblies uh, by by giving money basically to a member of parliament or uh, uh, governors or I, mean, I don't know how you call it mm-hmm. but um so it's isn't it a little bit concerning that you have an association that is really powerful that says well look we are really powerful but we teach good we we, we are teaching good things to our members and mm-hmm. telling them to keep their guns like safe from their children or whatever, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, we also pay a huge amount of money to politicians so that they uh, decide to vote laws in favor of people having more guns. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I I see their logic, but 
if they say if they want to say well we, we want to um, be sure that people who have guns are the right people and they know what they are doing isn't there a way of saying well we should restrict the amount of people that would have a gun because mm-hmm. not everyone can be trusted with a gun right and that gets into um, like a gun registration talk like mm-hmm. what we what is present in uh, in France and eventually greater Europe where um, hunters register weapons uh, their your class B declare, yeah has to well, declare or, re- yeah. or register you know who has the guns basically right. that's the, the idea yeah <laughs> the highest level of government knows who has guns them. yeah that is something that um, is not trusted among these people because there's a narrative in the US not trusted by Americans yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's a narrative in the US that the government is coming to take your guns i've heard this before what right. <laughs> why <laughs> It's, uh, well, it, it goes back to this sort of fear of the, the federal government. Federal again. government. So it's, it's, second amendment. And, 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 and it's part of that bigger culture of, of the government is the threat. Mm-hmm. Rather than rather than where we in Europe might see government's job to protect people. You know, protect people, create laws that protect people, regulate you know, large companies so that they don't exploit people and so on. That seems to be kind of reversed in the US, where they would see the government as the potential oppressor mm-hmm. and the people as those who must stand up to it. And the second amendment is a useful tool to help them do so. So that's, that's, a, that that, there's a different yeah, mindset, yeah, mm-hmm. but that's what I think the mindset is, right? A bit. Yeah. It is a, it's a significant body. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that particular concern, like I said, the whiskey rebellion kind of shows us a blueprint of what would happen if some people rose up, against the government because it wouldn't work it would not work (laughs) i don't care how many uh ar-15s uh which isn't even classified as an assault rifle um how many ar-15s how many uh weapons of whatever power that a citizen has in the u.s the united states spends over 600 billion dollars a year on the military it's a large number it is a large number and it gets larger every year. You're not going to fight them. <laughs> no. And, and I think, I think yeah. another thing I think is that if, yeah. if, if people tried, they wouldn't just be dispersed. They'd be arrested and tried for, I don't know what, treason or something? Felony. Um, some felony of some description. <laughs> well, based on, based on the current culture of the United States, it seems, with the, the culture of law enforcement. Uh, oh, they just being, get shot. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> With law enforcement being more or less radical, not not radical, just untouchable by by many laws, because that is one way you keep your police force effective is you let them do what they're going to do in the moment. Yeah. And kind of deal with it afterward, but give a great deal of deference to the fact that they're in a situation and they're going to make a call. Let them make their decision, and then. Don't send them to jail if they made the wrong decision, which is kind of what happens right now. And there is quite a bit of debate as to whether that should change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do you see anything, the, the most common sense small step that you think would be effective toward moving the United States toward um, your respective ideals of what um, what the, the gun environment should be? That's a really hard one. Because this is a this is a 
a, a, a culture that is distinct mm. and seems to worship the gun. This is a place with such a an enormous stock of guns already out there that it's hard to get them out of people's. Mm -hmm. um, well, is that the is that a, a necessary step to get them out of? Well, it hands? could be done. I, well, you could sorry, it could be tried. I mean, Australia is that famous case where they they did the whole gun amnesty thing after they had their single mass shooting in their history, yeah. and uh, that was the end of it. They just. Yeah, but there is only 28 million people in Australia. Sure, sure, mm -hmm. it's a smaller scale, but they still did succeed in getting a lot of guns off people. I just don't mm -hmm. see... I, I just see if that was tried in America, there would be this, oh, the government is now actually coming for your guns, not just fear-mongering, but actually mm -hmm. it's happening, and there will be even more um, opposition. I, I don't know if you've noticed this bit, but every time the narrative looks like the government is coming for guns, Gun sales skyrocket. Yeah, because yeah, right now on. they're in. They're in. Oh, it's the same thing. Uh, it's 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 mass. It's actually coming uh, down right now. Yeah, because the Trump slump. He's not trying to threaten your guns, yeah, and right. therefore no one's buying it's, any guns. It's mm -hmm. it's just like when the when the banks are saying they are going to keep their money. Well, everybody is going to the bank to get their money out. Like that's that's a mm -hmm. that's a mass movement. That's that's and that's something you cannot stop. Right. Like based on the amount of people that there is in a country, but. Um, well, we, 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 we went through some topics that maybe there is a, a way of clarifying the uh, Second Amendment. Like, because... Oh, no, but one. It's just, when you, when you look at it on a French perspective, every time there is mass shooting in the US, all of the newspaper, all of the TV news, they are saying, oh, well, American can because Second Amendment. Well, but actually, but it's just that. It's no, one, no one is actually looking at it. What? And on the, on the French point of view, they just say they can. Well, Which is, here's a question then, because this is a really good point. Hmm. What, would it what does it take in, in the US to change the Constitution? Can, can the government make amendments to it? Yes. Yeah. So it's not so like... It's not, it's, not the government. The, the, the it's not like you need... It's not like you need yeah. So I'm coming from Ireland. There's a Constitution. Yep. In order to change it, there must be a referendum. The government cannot mm. change it. Oh, really? It. Yeah. Okay. Hence why this year there's a referendum on allowing abortion, which is currently yeah. totally illegal. It yeah. needs a constitutional change because yeah. it's protected mm. in the Constitution. So there's going to be a referendum this year. That's why they had a referendum to allow gay marriage a couple of years ago, because Constitution used to define that as between man and woman. And now right. it's, now it's uh, irrespective of sex, I think is the wording now. Okay. Um, so in this case, it sounds as if we don't need a nationwide referendum. It's not quite that. It's a Congress. It's about so Senate. There, there are a few and, things. Uh, yeah. there, there, are, there are two things. The the Congress, the House of Representatives, and the Senate yeah. have to pass a bill. a bill that we're trying to make an amendment to the Constitution. And that must pass, I believe, by a two-thirds majority oh. rather than oh. a single majority. So we couldn't just have, okay, Democrats get in power. Right. Yeah. Let's and, af and after that... Um, I think it's two-thirds, it might be three-quarters, of states must ratify that amendment. Oh, wow, interesting. And wow. The, the way that a state ratifies is not defined by the Constitution, it's defined by the state. Right, so each one will have their own process. Right, so some states might have a referendum, some it might just go through the legislature, some it might just be the government, the Got governor. It. But it's still clear that there's a lot of barriers given that even if we had a democratically controlled government, it's unlikely to be a two-thirds majority in all of those places. Hey guys, go to the Second Republic, move on. <laughs> this is what we did five times. <laughs> <laughs> Don't work so bad. Um, 
So it's it's not a quick process, and it yeah. was built to not be a quick process. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to alter the founding document well, of your of your country. That's why you have a constitution. Easily. That's yeah, and that's part of it. Right. Rather than like saying the UK, there is no constitution, yeah, and the government they, can they have, they have take a, away your liberties at will, which is a problem. Actually. They have a queen. They don't care. <laughs> no, but the UK is has become a police state. The government can roll back civil liberties without, you know, at will. There's no. Yeah, but there, there are so many cases where it doesn't exist. Like, like, does Australia have a constitution? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know how that works. But no. my, my my point, the reason I brought this up was to say that although we've we've seen all these negative sides of having a written constitution, the other side is has problems too. Yeah, where there is no, no constitution, law, so it's, it's right. written. It's, and, it's, yeah. it, it gives the government enough power to do things that are pretty. Bad mm-hmm. if you look at the Snoopers chapter, for unless, example. Unless, unless if the constitution is badly written or is uh, subject to interpretation, then it gives anyone powers to just interpret the constitution. Well, those are two different problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they, if you want to have a constitution, you need to have it well written. It needs to be both unambiguous and also not full of terrible rules, mm-hmm. like. The constitution is only giving the general rules right. of it's your country. framework, the foundation yeah. of your it's, legislation. It's not, it's not like specific. To, it I can, be. I'm, I, I'm actually quite I'm impressed thinking, that marriage was in the uh, Ireland oh, Well, I'm not impressed because I was going to say it, it is not just a framework. It is actually the Irish one, this is. It is full yeah. of all sorts of very specific like, rules. French it is, really, it really is quite a large French document. Okay. And, it's, and it's, well, not, not that big, but it's big. Is enough. it old? 1937 is when it was oh, made. It's not that. Oh, so it's, it's the the Irish Constitution is quite extensive. You're saying? It's fairly extensive. Most of it is taken up with the sort of boring procedural stuff of how to run the the Eructus, which is the the government. Yes, yeah. um, same with the U.S. Constitution. And, and it's yeah. a kind of annoying because it, it it sets in stone all these like procedures that you have to do, which mm-hmm. really ought to be updated but can't be easily. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know it defines things like how the the, the the, the document is in the name of the Holy Trinity and the Holy Father and so on. Mm-hmm. I forget what the preamble says, but it's basically just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah, the, the place of the woman is in the home and the government does shall... It oh, yes, it oh, does, right. yes. Um, That's a little bit outdated. <laughs> yeah, um, it's quite long and it's quite bad. So yeah, Because the US Constitution is quite short. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually. I was quite actually quite impressed about without the amendments. It was actually just like how many eight articles or something like that. Six, something like that. You can read eight. it in an hour. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's really short, and yeah. then you had like twenty or whatever amendments. Twenty-seven. Oh, that's that's also the point. I mean, when you need to make twenty-seven, so like when you need to have amendments that are longer than the original document, mm-hmm. maybe there is a set about updating the entire thing and. Changing a little bit of the thing, it's just like mm-hmm. I mean, we can go down to the debate of the electoral college and all that. But that's all of these things. Well, we should have that debate. <laughs> we'll have that debate on Not another <laughs> on another episode, I think. Yeah, that's but, an interesting one. Yeah. So the, the the whole point of having a document that was made in in the, in the eighteenth century is it still relevant to the twenty first century? And regardless of the amount of amendment that you can make. Which is really hard to make, as you mm-hmm. pointed it out. Uh, so, uh, I guess that brings me to like where the changes that I would make. Yeah, yeah. Um, from my perspective, there are two big things that we can change. Um, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I don't really know where my ideal would be yeah. in the U.S. 
because for, for me, I'm probably never going to own a gun. I don't have any desire to. Uh, I have no need for the tool or the toy version. Um, it's just kind of, it's a thing that happens. Um, there's a problem. I think everyone agrees that there is a problem. Oh, yes. With gun oh, violence. Yes. Yeah. So w- what I would like to do, the two things. First, and this is likely very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just like to have a rewrite of the Second Amendment. Just clarify it. Bring unambiguity to this foundation. And what Let's, would you rewrite say? I don't know. That's part of people that are constitutionalist. I'm sure you have these people, mm-hmm. and we have these, mm-hmm. uh, where people are just looking at that to, to, to explain and to say how we can rewrite right. things or how we can make something clearer. Right. So we need to... So as we kind of led this off, that amendment objectively sucks at its job right <laughs> it's not a coherent it's, sentence it's not a coherent sentence yeah it's it's very ambiguous it is just hard to understand what the heck you're trying to say and mm. its context is of these militias which arguably don't exist oh, that's, they're not allowed to exist and probably shouldn't exist that's a problem with the preliminary part of the amendment like this is the only amendment that has a preliminary part that's saying yeah. like in the context of the militia Right. Yeah, that's all, no other amendment have that. that right. They're all more clear. Right, so the rest of them are actually quite decent. Yeah. Um, I would say the 18th is kind of... I'm not a big fan of it. Remind me what we the 18th is. But we repealed that one. Prohibition. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's um, gone. Yeah, we repealed that one. But I would like to have it rewritten. Yeah. I know it's a very difficult process, but I think we've done it before. We've... Yeah. We repealed this. We repealed the 18th. We int- we have introduced other amendments a number of times after the Bill of Rights, which was the first. The first ten yeah. happened right, you know, including the second. <laughs> yeah, including the second. Those happened kind of immediately, but the 17 or so amendments after that all went through this long process. Mm-hmm. The most recent one, I think it was in the fifth. No, we've maybe. If, between the 50s and 70s, I think we had two or three. Okay. Somewhere in the middle of the 20th century. So, like, <laughs> yes. We decided, you know, presidents are only going to have two terms. Was that that recent? That was right after uh, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, because he served three terms. I see. And we said, probably don't do that again. Okay. Well, or four terms. We, he was elected we, to four we terms. Did long. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> you just keep re-electing your child to God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've, we've done this recently with 50 states. Okay. Um, we can do it. And I don't really care what it's going to say, frankly, as long as it's clear. Because mm. if we have a clear foundation, then we can build something that's reasonable. Well, I don't think you're going to solve Because the, the debate right now is not helpful. By fixing the amendment, you won't focus on the amendment anymore. And you're going to dig in the culture or the other problems that mm-hmm. deal with it. Because there are so many people that are hiding behind that by saying, the amendment is saying we can, so we can. Right. So and you shouldn't... Both sides are doing that. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because okay, okay. But he, he's, I'll play devil's advocate, right? So if you're gonna, yeah, if you're going to change the Second Amendment, you're either going to be making it unambiguously, yes, you can carry, oh, you can yes. have your guns. Perfect. Which... Maybe possible, but mm-hmm. I don't think it'll solve the problem. As in, as in, as in, sorry, it may be possible to get broad agreement given the culture, I suppose. Maybe not, I don't know. But let's say it happened, it wouldn't really solve the problem. 
because people would still have their guns and now they'd be even more empowered to say it's damn clear now mm-hmm. or and then you can move from from that position you can iterate to how to something. regulate that because because in the constitution or in law in law uh, because you start from a, a clear foundation if you don't start from a clear foundation you don't have a direction to go i don't know i think i think there's been enough jurisprudence in like case law that's interpreted the constitution for us such that as far as any legal position is concerned it's pretty clear at this point is it not it's not because i think it's, it changes based on the jury and based on the judge and based on the state and based on the, so many things i mean there's a, the case of 2008 when when yeah. we said that uh, that's just the, the most Supreme recent Court, yeah. decision but there were decisions that, prior to but, that, but, that went the other decisions way. are binding no, are they not? They, they no, can jurisprudence. Change. I mean, they are binding to the case, not yeah. to the rest of the law. Sure, but it, within within a given so there you can set situation. Yes, yeah. yes, precedent is binding. Right. Yeah. So Roe versus Wade, for example, Roe versus Wade. Yes. Uh, the the case that decided abortion is the thing that can happen in the United States based on Fourth Amendment rights, uh, the right to uh, privacy, wasn't it? Right, the right to privacy, which is kind of implied. Yep. in the fourth amendment it's not clear okay. at all okay. it, it was a significant interpretation of the fourth amendment because it's uh the uh the clause of the fourth amendment about illegal search and seizure implies a right to privacy is what the yeah. supreme court determined i think that's i mean relative to the second amendment case relatively clear it's much more clear <laughs> well, we, we, we agree that the yeah. second amendment is um, really not clear so. the fourth amendment is one of the better amendments i'll go along with it yeah um, i like it <laughs> so roe versus wade was determined in that way however uh-huh. there are still there's still a movement to get abortion cases back up to the supreme court to overturn roe versus wade because you can do that the supreme court can overturn previous supreme courts yeah. if you look at uh so what they look at is so that decision was made did it do what it was supposed to do okay look at the early Supreme Court, back when um, it was determined that basically uh, black people aren't really people, right? That's so, been overturned. <laughs> yeah, that's that was overturned, and then uh, so it was the the Dred Scott case is kind of interesting to look into if you wanted to look into case studies, um, and then the uh, Plessy versus Ferguson case, which determined separate but equal was an okay thing to do. That's the one that... Regarding race relations, is this? Yes. Okay. So that's why you have two different water fountains right. for a period of time in the U.S. Uh, it's called Jim Crow. That's what that is, right. Um, well, that was overturned. Right. Uh, uh, particularly by Brown versus Board of Education. At the Supreme Court. At the Supreme Court. So you can overturn stuff from the Supreme Court. By getting more stuff up to that level, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you have to determine... You have to, so um, the way the Supreme Court overturned Plessy versus Ferguson for separate but equal, so they can be separate as long as they're both, you know, of the same right. quality-ish. And then they decided... Uh, why sh- should they be separate? Well, to be separate yeah. is to be inherently unequal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we could you could determine something like that through additional Supreme Court cases. But I would really like to see the United States come to an agreement on a starting point for the discussion, because there's no starting point on the discussion on the Second Amendment right now. There's none. The the stronger gun control side is way on their side for a starting point, and the 
anti-gun control side is way on their end. They're not talking to each other, and honestly, generally quite a bit closer than they think to each other. But they can't tell because of the context in which they're starting their conversation. And do we really think it's the Constitution that's causing that problem? I do. I think the Second Amendment causes that problem with its inherent ambiguity. Interesting. The second thing I would want to do would be roll back restrictions on how much liability gun manufacturers have for manufacturing weapons that kill people. Interesting. You are not allowed to file a lawsuit against a gun manufacturer because of what happened with that gun. So, talking about safety pins and all that. uh, Versus... um, Even if the gun was defective? um, I believe so. Because I I would, I mean, it would seem logical that if the gun wasn't working as intended, then it would be there. Yeah, there aren't that many cases of that because defective guns don't generally happen so, so and sure, when they happen it's basically they, right? they don't shoot yes. yeah yeah it's yeah but if the gun is working as intended mm-hmm. and the gun was legally mm-hmm. sold by the manufacturer to the market mm-hmm. why would it be the manufacturer's fault I think as, in, as in it's the government who has allowed the legal situation to mm-hmm. exist where this gun is allowed into the market right so if the if we have determined perhaps wrongly, that that should be allowed to be sold and owned by an individual, then well, that's the fault of those who made that the rule rather than the manufacturer who was operating within the rules. Well, is there some enforcement to be made on a manufacturer to have some safety procedures on their... Maybe, but that's, that's, a, that's a regulations problem. So, and yeah, so we can in, we can create those regulations, but until those have been created, yeah, but a lot of things in the U.S. are working by uh, laws are created by people going back to the to the court or to a tribunal to get um, to get things, and then it goes back into making a law out of it, so that sure, but there is could, enough people complaining about something. They make yeah, a law I mean, out you of. could you could compare this to like cars. Cars cars mm-hmm. have had lots of incremental required safety, safety improvements. Yeah. Uh, this, from this year, for example, new models of car have to have a cellular connection which call the police when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. A couple Just of years it. ago, um, all cars had to have like tire pressure sensors and an indicator inside them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. These, these are incremental improvements that yeah. were required from like top-down improvements. These were not manufacturers innovating. I mean, that mm-hmm. happens in some cases, but these were required. In this case, for example, we could say, okay, if we think guns are not safe enough as as implements, we could in, in, we could create new laws that say or regulations that say they need X, Y, Z safety features, yeah, but. Can, can you Which, do that with a, with an association that is spending around two two hundred million dollars since since the last fifteen years to uh, influentiate? Uh, oh, maybe not. But now we're talking about a different problem. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what about so, it? As in, that's that's not the problem. Like all these things, it's way more complex. Exactly. <laughs> um, everything is more complex point. than it looks. And yes, we need a starting point. That's why I think a, a rewrite would make sense. The reason I would like to get a little bit more manufacturer liability is because there is greater, like with the car, the car analogy, car manufacturers have much greater liability in the U.S. than gun manufacturers, right. and I find that to be kind of strange. But in, in in what case, like if the car goes wrong, sure. But if if the car is operated as intended, but someone crashes anyway, we're saying that. So, for example. Uh, even with uh, like Volkswagen the emissions situation, right? They didn't adhere to 
Um, they broke the rules. Yeah. They, they broke they some rules. As well. They had a and huge they, liability. But this goes back to what I was saying. That mm-hmm. the, the, as far as I'm aware, the gun manufacturers are not breaking the rules. They're just operating in an environment where there are not many rules. So the problem is not so much hold them liable for when people shoot other people. It's more make rules and then enforce them. Yeah, but rules need to be made. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's that's the that, that's where that's where we we start saying the problem is rather than hold them liable for for what for for something that they have no rules to follow about. So yeah, so gun manufacturers sell guns to to organizations. Yeah, organizations sell guns to people. Yeah. So if a manufacturer is selling guns to a not necessarily reputable distributor, I think they need yeah, to do that okay. with the greater liability. The problem is. In the U.S., guns are not getting into the hands of responsible people. They're not okay. staying in the hands of responsible people. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see a bit more, a bit more movement to addressing that from the start of the process, rather than trying to play catch up at the end of the process. So that's where I would like to see manufacturers have a big greater responsibility. That's a complex. It is a complex. It's, it's full of gray areas, kind of like the Second Amendment. I think you said you want to clarify the Second Amendment so the mm-hmm. rules are clear. Whereas this holding the top of the supply chain responsible for what happens many, many steps down is in- introducing a lot of ambiguity and gray area. Unless you specify it more and more that you go down. Well, sure, if you specify what the rules are, specific rules yeah. are, yeah. then fine. But yeah. um, I would this, say, this yes. is a little bit what we've done in the in Europe. So rules rules need to be specified. made for each level. That are, the rules are responsibilities specific, not not just like oh, it could be up to like arbitrary judgment. It needs to be. Mm. They need to be specific. The way I would find a success in the U.S. would be fewer guns being manufactured, because fewer guns manufactured means fewer guns getting to the wrong hands. If you have surplus, surplus goes places. Yes. Surplus gets sold by the CIA to Mexico, or by the FBI to Mexico. You know, surplus ends up overseas. Surplus ends up on the black market. So here, okay. So so here's a potential solution. Guns must be new. Guns must be built to order and not stockpiled. No, have no stock. This is what we do with some of the big black submarines or uh, aircraft carriers. Oh, sure, carrier you couldn't, you couldn't, and, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't have a stock of submarines. No, but that's, someone wants to come along and buy one. That's the um, thing. Kind I mean, of actually, this what is, happens in the is US it? with a lot of the military-industrial complex. They oh, build right. stuff. They just build stuff and they, hope to find buyers. Well, they have buyer. Well, all right. <laughs> they assume <laughs> they, that they, the buyer will buy. Yes. Got it. So, uh, the contract happens way ahead of time. And does not there isn't a whole oh, lot of okay. like so there a isn't uh, yeah. there's there's a contract. They're not just building stuff speculatively and hoping they can sell it. <laughs> because that's what I'm saying. Well, this is what they're that's doing what with happened. the weapons. That's, yes, that's what they're doing with rifles. That happens like they, with weapons. Yeah, and so maybe so maybe and I'm making this up on the spot here based on what you've just said. Mm-hmm. But maybe then what we'd say with weapons is that they cannot be kept in stock. They yeah. must be ordered, manufactured to order, not even mm, yeah. held in stock. For when you want to order one, yeah. then there won't be a surplus, and that would also implement quickly the uh, the waiting times. It yeah. would. It would actually. Yeah, that's true. It would actually uh, required by certain states, but not all. It would. It would just make that happen. I mean, people would work. Then there is a question of having... national safety about having uh, factories that are able to produce a large amount of gun. Is a war. Yeah, you'd like have to that define manufacture because I can imagine yeah. gun shops well, would start stockpiling components and say, "You want to buy exactly. a gun? I'll build it right in front of you right now." There we go. Have a gun. Um, yeah. So, sure. Um, but that might way forward. Potentially. 
Oh, problem solved. Problem solved. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, I just want to wrap up with a couple things about how, uh, like, about safety. Like, do you feel if you were to go into uh, the United States right now, generally, anywhere, walking down the street, um, walking through the woods, generally, do you think you would feel at ease or a bit anxious about, you know, this is a country that has a lot of guns, they have a lot of crime would you generally feel safe yes i mean much as much as the overall lifetime statistics indicate a significant reduction in lifespan partly because of gun violence (laughs) spending a week or so in the u.s Uh it's still extremely unlikely i'm still far more likely to get hit by car and killed that way and i don't Mm -hmm. walk around being worried about that every so i'm not likely to be like really worried about it um, but that said, when you walk into a bar and you see some cowboy dude with a, with a gun on his side in his holster, it's still a little unnerving to know that like he's just got a handgun and he's drunk and if he feels like pulling it out, he can. Um, and I've seen that. I've, I've walked into a bar in Washington State, out, a bit outside any cities, and yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're cowboy dudes walking around with guns, uh, drinking beer. Um, it's a it's a thing and that and that's a little bit unnerving i mean they, they were not at that time aggressive or unpleasant or doing anything that looked dodgy so that was fine but it is a, it's a bit weird that said i've also been to a gun range in the u.s and like shot a bunch of guns and everyone there seemed like they were taking things seriously there was at no point did anyone seem threatening even though there were guys in there with like enormous like shoulder mounted i don't know what it was some <laughs> obscene weapon um but, you know, whoever was shooting it wasn't acting aggressive or dangerous, and so I didn't mm. feel in danger. I felt more, honestly, I felt more a danger to myself holding a handgun, knowing that it can, you know, go off and it's powerful, more so than anyone around me who I assumed, well, they know what they're doing. I yeah. don't. So, no, that's a long way of saying not particularly, but that's not to say it's not a problem. Thank you. Um, sort of the same thing. I do believe that I wouldn't be scared. So I'll tell you more before I maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been but there I d- quite I d- yet. Yeah, no, I, I, d- I don't think it would be weird. Uh, we are really exposed to guns in France now that uh, the uh, military is uh, very, very often working down the street in the metro in mm, uh, yeah. train stations airports um but they are military people so you you you, you see them as professionals uh in a way which is sort of weird mm. but uh it's, it's part of it uh the, i would be more concerned about the random person in the street carrying a gun uh same story with a the woman with a uh, a gun in her handbag it's mm. big, but that's Partly because it's not part of my culture, but also partly because I don't see what's the use of having that gun here with yeah, that person. They're, they're not so, professionals. Exactly. So not scared, um, but a little bit surprised and maybe um, maybe a little bit defensive on two mm. people that have guns on them available. Big thanks to Dan and Clement for joining me on the Tyler 2040 season premiere. I have to admit that these guys already moved my position a bit. I think Dan is right that increasing liability for gun manufacturers may be a seriously misguided venture. I'll be dropping that talking point for now. That's it for this episode. You can follow the show on the Tyler 2040 Facebook page.